Broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for Valley Business Radio, spotlighting the Valley's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Valley Business Radio, where we tell the stories that traditional media tends to ignore and help connect you to the right people. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian McIntyre. I'm joined in the studio for another preview edition of the Arizona 100 show by Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100. Welcome, Abby. How are you? I am well. It's drizzly outside. That's always interesting. It's here. a little bit drizzly, but uh, I guess it's still winter in Arizona. Not as wintry as some of our friends on the East Coast are experiencing, but... For sure. Uh, it's a it's a delightful time of year. There's always uh, interesting things happening. It's the one or two times I have to actually go out and weed my yard. So, Well, that's what know. the rain is good for. That's right. That's right. Well, I had my air conditioner on while I was driving around this week. And then I have the heater on at home, so... You know, what's up with that? It's our Arizona winner. We keep ourselves on our toes. And in Arizona, there's a lot going on. And we're going to learn more in this week's issue of the Arizona 100. Uh, 100 word stories, 100 second videos, a unique set of windows on events around the Copper State. Around the Copper State. So speaking of the Copper State, so this uh, we're in the early stages of the um, legislative, legislative session down at the Capitol. So our governor, of course, does his State of the State address to kind of open up the, the season. And uh, one of the things he talked about, which is something that we've talked about a few times here on this show, is really what... Um, what a diverse economy the state of Arizona has. And, and really what we have created is this opportunity for businesses to expand, uh, new businesses to come into our community, and really looking at how we are um, diversifying the type of um, economic impact that we're having across the state. We are now ranked in the top 10 for transportation, science, technology, and healthcare. Just pretty awesome. The, those are things that all you know come with the fast growth in the economy, the fast growth in population, the presence of really strong research universities, uh, the the increasingly uh, long list of global companies that are relocating here for either you know HQ two or moving their entire operation here. It really is a dynamic and fast moving thing. You know the the era of the five C's right. uh, is becoming increasingly dated as we take these places in healthcare and technology, manufacturing jobs, outpacing construction jobs. It really is interesting. Right. So he's calling it the Arizona way, which I I really like, and it's just really our focus on you know continuing to create opportunities for um, those of us that live here to grow and expand. And as you said, those that want to relocate here. And of course, we're going to continue to put a, you know, an emphasis on our, um, our education, what we're doing for our, our students and our child safety. So we will um, watch and see how that progresses as our legislators uh, take to the, both the House and Senate over the course of the next several months and, and see where we end up. It's going to be a very exciting year politically. We don't really discuss politics here specifically, but I think it's safe to say it's going to be a Interesting to discuss or, or watch the impact of what um, discussions around politics will have over the next several months. 
What I find fascinating is when we look through the lens of business or through community-based organizations, nonprofits, what's happening in education, what's happening in other places, it's a healthy reminder that, well, our media-driven news cycle around national politics and even state politics can be very divisive at times, that there's a lot of common shared commitment to building a future that makes things better. So it's important not to forget that both are important uh, and we can't let one consume us to the point where we forget that there is a lot of good that's happening. Right. And I like to believe more good than not. So I, I agree with you. So in this um, idea of sort of increasing our economic impact and what we're looking at here in terms of um, business opportunities, uh, there is a new company that is opening up in Bullhead City um, called Dot Foods. They currently have about 240 people here in Arizona, and they are expanding their distribution center to about 190,000 square feet, about a $12 million um, investment in that expansion. And... Um, we're hoping that by the midsummer, early fall, they're going to add an additional 70,000 square feet to that warehouse there. Um, they're going to hire some new people. And this makes the um, 11th expansion. The company's based in Illinois and Arizona is the 11th expansion of that company. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's such an indicator that e-commerce is you know, increasingly important, but the actual movement of stuff still remains the backbone of of things. And having a distribution center, this is a almost 200,000 square foot distribution center. So this is quite a significant building project, uh, you know, climate controlled refrigeration, freezing, et cetera, all the things you need to do to move stuff in a timely fashion. Uh, the supply chain still controls. Absolutely. <laughs> retail. Absolutely. And you probably can resonate a little bit with this um, and kind of talking about the different types of businesses we have here. So um, an organization called Smart Asset did a, a recent study looking at um, best cities to work from home. And I think we've seen a real trend, certainly with technology and such, allowing um, entrepreneurs, small businesses to really, you know, find a place within their back bedroom or on the kitchen table to work from home. Interestingly, Scottsdale, Arizona was ranked number one on the list of U.S. cities where individuals most often work from home. And coming also um, in the top 25 were Gilbert at sixth, Chandler at ninth, and Mesa, 21st city to work from home. Fascinating. Yeah, I kind of like it. I, you know, we we have a mixed workforce here. You know, we do mostly have a, an office that we work out of, but we certainly recognize the need for that occasional work from home opportunity. And and I think a lot of business owners are seeing there's some value in allowing that flexibility. And certainly we've got um, some, now we have some statistics to prove it. So. You know, it, as the nature of work continues to evolve, the ways we work and where we work continue to be such uh, an important part of that evolution, uh, whether it's a flex schedule or whether it's you are, have started something on the side and you or you have a home office. It, there's a lot of, you know, the way we historically have done it is not necessarily the way we're going to continue to Correct. do it. I think that's good. Correct. And you know how we, we do like our lists here at the Arizona 100, but I think a topic of, of interest to Virtually everyone is this idea of sustainability and, and what are we doing to improve and embrace sustainability in our communities. And a sustainability is a lot more than just recycling and, and you know, putting your newspapers in the recycle bin. It's about uh, how we're building our cities and communities as a, a walkable city. Where are we having access to uh, public transportation, uh, biking options, other energy efficiencies um, as we're growing our communities and 
Uh, Washington, D.C. ranked at the top of that list, but uh, we have two cities in the top 50. Phoenix and Mesa made that list of top cities for sustainability. And I think we're seeing more and more attention to those kind of details as um, certainly our our, um, city officials, our county officials are looking at opportunities to do that as they're making improvements on their own delivery mechanisms. But, you know, as as contractors are building new buildings as we're building new residential properties and such, we're looking towards that that sustainability in a much larger context. Again, rather than just the blue recycle bin on the curb, but really what else are we doing to make sure that we're a sustainable environment? It it really is a multifaceted approach that's necessary. I mean, no one thing solves the problem. Our impact has many different dimensions and our solutions should as well. Right. And I think what's so interesting, I know from, you know, kind of my own personal perspective about, you know, the automatic things we do now that in terms of that recycling and sustainability, what we look to do and, you know, we do put our things in the blue bin. We, we do our best to reuse paper and such. And I think that all adds up over time to really creating that, um, that future that we're all looking to do. And um, maybe not the the greatest bit of news, but I think a, a bit of warning, perhaps, uh, you know, as we're coming into the new year, we've uh, just probably are starting to see the credit card bills from our, our spending over the holiday season. And sadly, a lot of us are going to um, maybe be in a little bit more debt than we had planned. Um, you know, some of the expenses that we might have incurred, not just in the in the shopping, but maybe some other um, activities and things we did all over the holiday season. So they're saying, you know, we need to be a little bit more cautious about how we are um, managing that debt. A lot of us are saying we we think we can be out of debt or out of debt out of what we owe for the holidays um, by March, but uh, some of that credit card bills might hang out. So be cautious about where you're spending and and do your best to get those bills paid off as soon as possible. Yeah, this is this is concerning because it it shows that uh, an extended period of prosperity has us. Uh, a little bit disconnected from the financial reality. So certainly something to be mindful of uh, and to to pay attention to. Right, right. So have you had an opportunity yet uh, to perhaps um, look at some flights that might be leaving out of the Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport? Have you ever had the opportunity out there? You know, I have because we have family in Canada. And so for a lot of the smaller airlines and things, we have done airport drop-offs and pickups over the years out of there. I haven't been there in a few years, though. What's going on? Well, they're they're continuing to, um, you know, bring in different airlines and such to serve Canada and some of the other um, markets. A um, f- airline named Swoop, which I just love. They're a Great subsidiary name. of WestJet Airlines, and they are now um, going between Mesa Gateway and Winnipeg's James Richardson International Airport. So it's nonstop flights um, operating twice a week on Thursdays and Sundays, which is typically how a new airline makes its mark in the communities. They do limited service until they can um, build up the um, the capacity. About 189 passengers, um, typical um airline uh, in-flight, Wi-Fi, et cetera. But for those of you that are traveling there, we always need to have our food options at an airport as well. So they are welcoming a Panera Bread, Oso Brewery, uh, Macayos, and Infusion Coffee and Tea are all expected to open up within the next 12 months. And 1.8 million travelers. Yeah, That is a huge amount for a 
what you would say maybe For a, a small airport. community regional right. airport. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's again it's a sign that not only is the East Valley itself booming, but that the region uh, and our connections with other areas are continue to be strong and growing. And you know they're flying the Boeing seven thirty seven eight hundred. Those are not small planes. So the fact they're only going twice a week, they're Should still a carrying capacity. a couple hundred people both directions. That's a big deal. Yep. Yep, and of course, Arizona welcomes its its friends from Canada. They are a good uh, winter visitor for us and, and help us out. So here's another opportunity for them to uh, get to Arizona and a little more direct direct opportunity. Uh, but let's not uh, completely disregard our friends in the other direction. Um, of course, we are um, Arizona is very proud of its um, many, many, many golf courses. But just a two-hour flight away into uh, Cabo San Lucas, there are some new golf courses opening up. So um, you might know Greg Norman, may have heard the name, World World Hall of Fame golfer. Well, he's opening up a golf course um, in Rancho San Lucas, which is part of uh, Cabo San Lucas. 18 holes, ocean views, you know, you can't miss it. Lots of great golf courses there. I am not a big golfer, but I like the idea of resort Right. And golfing, so this might be on my to-do list here in the coming weeks. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I'm I'm embarrassed to admit I've been golfing like three times in my life, and always with my cousin, and uh, it was it was mostly just to have a good time. I'm I'm not a, much of a golfer. Right, but now this kind of golf you might like, Waste Management Phoenix Open. Well, for I mean, sure. it's it's kind of an uh, should maybe be declared a holiday in the state of Arizona. So that's uh, taking place January 27th through February 2nd. And as they bill it, the greatest show on grass. But one of the things I think that um, a lot of folks don't realize is really what the economic impact is of the Phoenix Open. It's not just the fact that um, we've got this incredible um, five day golf tournament, but it is a tremendous boon to a, the tourism here in our state. Um, about $390 million is pumped into Arizona's economy during that time frame. And that's from everything, right? That's hotels, restaurants, rental cars, all the things that you do to enjoy your vacation. The ancillary services, transportation. It's amazing. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. And, and what we're seeing and, and, you know, a lot of, uh, Business development happens out there. You know, we're not necessarily golfing, which a lot of folks will use the golf course as a, you know, a secondary office, an opportunity to, to network with uh, clients and prospects. But um, the the Thunderbirds, the charitable organization that runs that, has really created an atmosphere out there that allows a lot of entertaining and such. So, um, and because it is it is what it is, we get a lot of national and international media attention. So it's a great opportunity for the state to highlight the the beauty that we have, our wonderful weather. And year over year, the um, the charitable uh, component of this, you know, they impact um, hundreds of organizations throughout the state as a result of the uh, the profits that they make off of the the open. So we welcome it. It's uh, again taking place 27th through February 2nd. So if you can sneak away from the office a little bit, it's probably a great place to hang Absolutely. out. Absolutely, and of course, presenting sponsor being the Auction Indian Community. When we had the chairman in here a few number of months ago, uh, it was really interesting to me to learn the way in which uh, under his leadership, the tribe is partnering with lots of 
different organizations with the city of Maricopa, with lots of interesting things, a really shining example of, uh, you know, this multifaceted kind of leadership. Right. It's making a real difference both for the community there on Akchin, but also for the entire valley. Right. And, you know, the 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 tribal community, the tribal leaders across the state are really um, doing an awful lot to reinvest in their own communities, in, you know, in addition to supporting organizations like the Thunderbirds and then Open. Um, but they're looking at other ways to preserve their own history and their own culture. Uh, the Pascoyaki tribe in Tucson uh, recently received a grant from the National Park Service, and they are going to be opening a tribal historic preservation office. And that's going to allow them to uh, really manage the the preservation of their own history, their historic sites, um, archaeologically, architecturally, um, and document the places of historical significance for um, the Yaqui people and the role that the Yaqui people played in um, in Arizona or what has now become Arizona. So they are in the process right now of, of making that investment and, and starting to catalog, you know, their historic locations and such. So, and, and that's critical, by the way, when it comes to uh, economic growth and development, because construction projects, highways, all these kinds of major infrastructure initiatives need to have a historic preservation, archaeological, you know, d- aspect to them, not just... Uh, you know, for permits, but also because it's the, it's the right thing to do to make sure that we're not unnecessarily needlessly impacting uh, historic sites uh, and things of significant importance, both to those communities and to the, to the larger uh, human community. Sure. And, is, and as we continue to grow and expand, those kinds of things become more and more important as we're, we're continuing, where borders continue to touch and such. And, so. and typically state or county agencies, uh, you know, well, their heart is in the right place are you know, understaffed and underfunded. So for the tribe to have their own historic preservation office really just makes a lot of sense um, and to, to partner with the other actors in doing those. Right, that make work. that investment back, That's in, right. back in themselves. And also um, in Tucson, um, a new um, drug and alcohol treatment program is opening, Buena Vista Health and Recovery Center. Um, we've we've talked before about the, the the challenges in our communities with with the um, with drug and alcohol and, and prevention and awareness programs. And Buena Vista is opening up a fifty thousand square foot campus there in the Tucson area. Uh, patients will be um, starting to be seen as early as February, and it will be offering a variety of different um, inpatient and outpatient services. Um, specifically addressing um, individuals' needs as it relates to their um, working through their their addiction challenges um, and doing some things in ways that um, some of the other treatment programs may not be able to do, private rooms. They take a variety of different insurance programs. So um, if you're struggling out there, that might be an opportunity for you to um, get some needed help out in Tucson. They also have a few uh, locations here in the Valley as well. Marvelous. Now... My second all-time favorite thing, Girl Scout cookies. Have you seen? Tis the season. It is the season. So all across, uh, really all across the country, we're seeing the the little entrepreneurial entrepreneur girls. You know, it's one of the largest sales forces in the world is, is the Girl Scouts. And uh, they got some new um, cookies on the market, depending on what part of the country you are in. But right here in Arizona, the Arizona Cactus Pine Council uh, seven years ago launched a program called the Girl Scout Cookie Dessert Challenge. And they went out to local restaurant tours and said, Hey, would you like to figure out a really cool recipe and use some Girl Scout cookies? And they say yes. 
And so about 27 restaurants this year are participating all through Central and Northern Arizona. You can go to the Girl Scouts website, girlscoutaz.org backslash dessert challenge. See the restaurant, see what cookies they're going to be using. Um, I can say without fail that they all look pretty amazing. I don't think there will be a disappointment amongst you by tasting any of these. And while you're trying the dessert, buy a couple boxes yourself. See if you can make something at home. The Girl Scouts, such a phenomenal organization for training future leaders. And uh, it's it's neat to see that, well, the cookie sales be, are the primary thing that most people are aware of. There are so many other dimensions to the work that they're doing and pulling in these restaurants and these and these chefs to, to rise to the challenge of creating a unique dessert around a particular Girl Scout right. cookie is very cool. And, you know, the and very Instagrammable. Yeah, very Instagrammable. And Girl Scouts, you know, it, it, as you said, it's more than just cookies, right? It is it is, it is this entrepreneurial spirit. It is, the, the cookies is a means to an end. It teaches them about business and, and um, technology and math and all sorts of things. And it really is developing leadership skills. I mean, these, um, these young ladies have to go out, they have to sell, they have to convince you that they're the Girl Scout for you to purchase your cookies from and, and reconcile their books and all these types of things. So it really is leading to uh, the future leaders of our, our community. And I'll end on that. We have one story on that um, asks the three questions that will tell you if you are good at leading others. And, and I'm going to not tell you what those are so that you will read our next issue. But um, I think those Girl Scouts could probably answer all three of those with a resounding yes. Uh, So if you are interested in reading the Arizona 100, we are online at thearizona100.com. It's a free subscription. You can sign up there. And if you have some stories that you'd like us to know about, please let us know at editor at thearizona100.com. Marvelous. I think everybody should go take that little self-assessment, the three questions that will tell you if you are, in fact, leading others, thearizona100.com. Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100, thank you for sharing what's coming up in the next issue. Always a pleasure to chat with you and get your view on what's happening around the state of Arizona. Always glad to be here. For all of us here at phx.fm, this is Dr. Adrian McIntyre. We'll see you next time on Valley Business Radio. 